0: Mobile is the future. Use it to power up your profits. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Our show focuses on the latest news and information impacting mobile marketers, publishers, and technologists. We speak with the power players of mobile monetization. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Please welcome our host, Wen Tiu.
1: Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble. This is Wentu, your host. I'm a co-founder of Rumble, and I would like to welcome you to Mobile Power and Profit, the show that discusses the latest information impacting the business of marketers, publishers, and technologists. Each week, we bring you insights from thought leaders in the mobile industry. This week, we are happy to introduce Cindy Crum, founder and CEO of Mobile Moxie. She has been at the forefront of mobile marketing strategies since 2006. Her domestic and international speaking engagements, corporate trainings, and published works has elevated her to be the best in the class in mobile marketing. And it's with that, it is my pleasure to welcome Cindy Crumb to the show. Hi, Cindy. Hi, how are you? Good. Um, welcome to the show. Um, so Cindy, as we're nearing the end of 2014, I would love to know what you, what you think Um, has been the major events that have impacted mobile marketing. I know you gave a talk on the coming paradigm shift in mobile marketing a few months back. Can you give us a review of the major developments in adoption?
2: Sure. So the the paradigm shift talk was actually about the intersection of mobile uh, and big data and how your mobile phones are kind of now able to collect and store and transmit loads of data about users, um, especially in applications, they can take a lot of information in, and um, all that information um, is just so powerful, and and we're kind of hitting this point where um, more and more marketers are getting savvier about what information they should be collecting and storing, and how the cost of storing that kind of information has gone way down, mm-hmm. um, and so the, the potential for even smaller um, companies that, that have, you know, smaller focuses can get into or at least benefit from big data types of initiatives. So so it's really cool. And the mobile phone is kind of the nexus for all of the things um, and all of the tracking because it's really what's with you all the time. You don't take your laptop with you when you go out to lunch or when you're shopping, you know, most people. but. You take your phone pretty much everywhere you go. So it's, it's the, the data collector.
1: Yeah. So as it becomes cheaper for marketers to collect data and it becomes easier for them to sort of get the big data set, how do you think this is going to impact the mobile world going into 2015?
2: Well, there are a lot of different possibilities, um, in terms of which way um, marketers can go. And I think it's going to be kind of wild, wild west for a little while in terms of using that data and what um, is legal and what's not and what is um, uh, what feels good to users and what doesn't because there's the balance, right? There's this delicate, delicate balance between providing someone a really great experience, um, because you know things about them, but also not making it feel like you're invading their privacy. Um, so for instance, something like a, lots of people use fitness apps, um, Mm -hmm. to track their diet and exercise and potentially let's say I've fallen off the wagon and I entered, you know, five pop tarts and no runs yesterday. Um, should the marketers exploit that and say, hey, you know, here's more coupons. How about you go get some ice cream too? Or, you know, does that feel invasive or should, should they be sending something saying, hey, you know, you've, you're, you're not doing as good as you were. Maybe you should uh, go for a run or is that too invasive, Right. And so it's a really um, interesting question and people, marketers are going to have to find the answer. And then I think, but the answer is always going to be changing. Yeah. So I I always run into this issue with some of our clients at
1: Rumble in which um, with mobile, you're able to get such granular level of data, like the pop tarts and things, but then also to run your business, you sort of need the aggregate high level data. So how are marketers, you think, in 2015 really balancing the sort of richness of detailed data, but it may be a bit invasive and it may just be um, a sample set of one or two people versus getting um, aggregate data that really tells them how their business is doing? So what is the balance between the two? Because you can really drown in data, but data, if you know how to use it well, it can really empower your business.
2: Yeah, you're totally right. I think um, the answer is really starting with the aggregate data um, and working down from there. Rather than starting on the invasive side of things, aggregating information and and making learnings from the aggregate uh, is the safest option, and it potentially is... um, maybe more valuable or more meaningful, right? Because you know you're not using a sample set of two. Um, And and the other thing that's interesting that I think the really clever marketers are doing is they're pulling in not only their own aggregated data, but there are free data sets all over the web. Um, that are huge. So we could be taking the information that we get from our app and marrying it with information um, that's been aggregated by um, either other companies where we license that data um, in some legal way um, or in the free data sets like um, governments, especially um, US, UK, and some non-governmental organizations all publish data sets that can be um, used for free. Or there are other data sets that you can pay for. Um, And all of that, uh, and they're on all different things, like uh, agriculture and weather. And, um, you know, let's say if if the the health tracking app was pulling in aggregated data about the weather, then maybe it could, you know, give me better advice about, you know, hey, it's probably going to be too cold for a run today. Maybe you should do this or that or, you know, stay inside and do some yoga or something like that. Um, But and then take in, you know, the data sets, be able to predict and say, hey, you know, we know from historical records that it's it's about to get really cold and and make make the apps smarter using your own data and the the other available data sets.
1: Yeah. So if you were to give advice to marketers right now who are thinking about um, what kind of data they should be collecting, just the basic information. And what other data sets out there that may be free um, that they could marry together with their data? What would your recommendation be
2: of how they should approach it? Well, it sounds like that's two questions. So let me answer the first one first. The first question was about what data should they be collecting? Um, And obviously it depends on what you're trying to accomplish with that data. Um, and um, in some cases how secure you're willing to pay for your data to be we've heard a lot in recent um, months and years about uh, data breaches uh, mm-hmm. that have cost companies um, millions in um, not only just plain financial uh, problems but also just in brand um, you know the the impact on their brand so you've got to think about That, your own security. So, I mean, obviously, if you're an app, you should be collecting someone's basics, name, email, address, and potentially um, phone number. And then after that, the the main thing is to collect permission to collect um, and to store um, the data. And if you've gotten the permission, then you can kind of look and see what, what information will people be willing to give you um, and, and not feel threatened by, by giving you. So for instance, um, I always go back to the health tracker app because it's such a big deal. So like asking for someone's weight right off the bat may seem like an obvious, um, question, but that might be one that you build up to over time just because people are sensitive to it. So you say, You know, you ask about their goals first. Like, it's easier for someone to say, I want to lose 20 pounds than say, I want to weigh X, Y, Z, and currently I weigh something way different from that, you know? So... Doing that, but then also I think location is a super valuable thing to be tracking that um, the phones can often give. Um, And that, that allows you to create patterns about your users where when you're drilling down into individual behavior, you can see, okay, this person uses this app every day at the same time at the same location. Or the person uses the app different times during the day, but always at this location. And that may impact other kinds of marketing initiatives like offline marketing and stuff like that.
1: So it's so great to hear about these tips and advice of how marketers collect data on mobile. We're going to go to commercial break, but when we come back, it's more with Cindy Crum with Mobile Moxie.
0: Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. The A in all-inclusive marketing means award-winning leadership, excellence and results, as well as an A rating by the Better Business Bureau. For reach, engagement, and conversion, it's all-inclusive marketing. Reserve a free consultation today at allinclusivemarketing.com radio. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point, click, and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point, click, and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Wen Tu.
1: So, welcome back to Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble. My name is Wen Tu, and we are joined by Mobile Moxie Cindy Crumb. So, Cindy, um, before the commercial break, we we're talking about um, data collection on mobile and the tips and advice that you would give to marketers out there. One really interesting thing that you said is that. Um, marketers don't have to rely just on what they collect, but they can really link together with free data sources out there, like weather information. What types of information have you seen marketers use that have really helped their mobile business?
2: Well, so... There's so many different data sets available, and um, it it just depends on what you're trying to do. I think that the weather and the health information is critical, and and it's such a hot area for apps right now. So being able to pull in weather and location, um, and that's all available in actually a lot of different places. Um, There are some other kinds of data sets. It it goes really deep, actually. Obama actually made a point to make as much um, of the data sets that they have available um, to the U.S. public for use as they could. Um, And and the U.K. has done the same thing. And I think even WTO, so like you could pull in, for instance, um, the gross uh, input or output of all the various companies. Countries around the world. If that had something to do with your with your app or or uh, GDP uh, things like that, anything to do with th- that's easy to measure. There may be a data set av- available, and even if it's not free, there are even companies that are doing auction models or licensing agreements to help broker deals between companies that have um, varying data sets or data sets that are interesting but very different. Um, so as long as you have something to to join the two data sets, it's really interesting layering one over the other to get some kind of um, answer or answer some kind of, of marketing question or make your app responsive, more responsive in real time.
1: Yeah. So that brings me to the next point. Um, when when marketers are building out their mobile products to put out in the market, there's a lot of back-end business decision decisions that they have to make, like the type of data layering that they have. I know you've spoken at a number of major conferences around the world this year, um, and two things we hear a lot about is responsive design and page speed. So regardless of what mobile product you have out there, those two seem to be um, hot topics. Could you talk a little bit more about these trending
2: topics? Yeah, Absolutely. So responsive design is the concept of having one website that fits um, and works across all devices so that you don't have to have an M dot to address mobile or some companies have T dots to address tablet. And you don't have to do that with responsive design. You um, basically let one website work across all different devices. Um, And it's super great um, in theory. But the problem is that a lot of responsive designs um, can can actually end up being slower than trying to load the original desktop page on a mobile phone. And different studies show different things, but the main problem is that there, there just aren't as many developers who know how to do a great responsive design because it's kind of a new discipline. So making responsive design work across all devices is the number one goal, and then the number two goal is to make it fast across all devices. Um, and that ends up being a lot harder. So there are things you can do, like responsive images um, and um, consolidating the number of round-trip requests, Um, and those are things that you didn't really have to deal with when you're building for just web, so that's why developers don't, they're not all hip to to this new system. They may have read an article and say, yeah, yeah, I get it, I can do responsive design, Um, but... Not always, not always true. Just because they can do it and make it work doesn't mean it's a great experience if it's going to be super slow.
1: Yeah. We've been hearing a lot of this with our clients at Rumble. Um, the The notion of how important speed is when it comes to mobile, since users have such a limited time span, uh, time attention, and that they want things to load very, very quickly. Um, so, what would you suggest to um, marketers out there who are thinking about the different technology options when they're building up their mobile products? Um, So there's responsive design, there are native apps sort of where do you sort of see the future when it comes to having a product out there where speed is the highest priority?
2: So, I think the future is some kind of combination of a couple different things. Um, responsive design, I think between building an app and building a website, I would say 100% build a website because I think websites are more long-term, they're easier to manage, they're easier to update, um, and um, they take they seem to take less less effort in marketing. Um, but in the same vein, I'm not sure that responsive design is the only game in town Um, Google talks a little bit about um, what they're calling now Selective Serving, Um, and it has a lot of different names. Some people call it Adaptive or Adaptive Responsive, or it used to be called um, RESS, Responsive Design with uh, Selective Serving, Mm -hmm. Um, and all of those options basically mean that you have a flexible grid framework that holds content um, and you build that and that is responsive and it works on all devices. But then you also have a server element that detects what kind of a device the person requesting the page is on. And from the server sends variations of the content um, based on the device. Maybe it's the screen width, usually it's the screen width, but it could be also the the device. Um, or the OS or something like that, uh, but usually it 's based on screen width, so they would send a smaller image, or they would send a static image instead of a video if if they're on a really small device, or they might send um, different it's kind of like fill in the blank, you can fill in the blank, or they can send uh, entirely different HTML, but all on the same URL. Yeah. so I think if if we can make uh, that more approachable for developers, uh, then I think that will be kind of what takes us into the future.
1: Yeah, what's fascinating about the uh, two segments that we're talking about, the first one was all about data collection, and the second one is all about speed. It seems like if you're um, creating a mobile product, you're stuck in a rock in a hard place. Um, One place is you want that data. But as in mobile, cookies don't exist. So the ability for you to collect that robust data requires you to go native. However, if you try to think about speed and what your current developers can do and sort of the the complexity of that, everyone wants to take the easy way out and have a web-based because native apps are so difficult. So it seems like there's a huge trade-off here that a lot of people um, are faced with, either have speed and be all web-based or have sort of the future of data and be more native based. Do you yeah, sort of see
2: that happening? Totally. Um, and also don't forget that in apps, there's a, you might not call it page speed. You might just call it app speed or screen speed, but, um, latency has a big thing, is a big deal in apps as well, you know? Um, so you're right that, that you are kind of stuck between the desire to collect a lot of data and the desire to have a manageable, um, product on the web. Um, but I think in the end, at least for the near term, people who are really going after it, who are really going to do it right, are going to do both. Yeah. Um, and by both, I actually mean all three. So you need a website, and you need an iPhone app, and you need an Android app. And potentially, you know, we'll see how Windows does. I know um, a couple people who are thinking about buying Windows phones, so maybe they're back back as a player Um, but I really do think you need to do all three and ideally you need to be collect, like marrying the data between the two. Because if you think about really great user experiences, um, a lot of them are not only cross device, but they're kind of, um, cross-technology. So, for instance, if I'm looking at something on Amazon on my computer, then I'm on the web. But if I'm on my phone or my tablet, then more likely I'm on an app. And the way that they know that I looked at this on my computer, but they show me, you know, the same thing uh, on my phone is they really drive towards the login. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what smart companies are doing is that they're kind of creating lots of incentives for people to have a logged in experience Yep. Um, and that makes bridging the technology between web and app much easier, and it makes the, the data collection a bit easier as well.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree Thank with you. you more. At Rumble, um, we really tell our clients that their technology strategy is really going to make or break um, their success in the mobile world because each one of these decisions that you make, how you collect data, what platforms you are on, If you use Rumble and you have a cross-platform universal code, just having your operations all in one place and your data in one place is so important. Um, So with that, it looks like we have to go to commercial break again. Um, This is Mobile Power and Profit. And after the commercial break, we will be joined again by Mobile Moxie's Cindy Crum.
0: Stay tuned for more Mobile Power and Profit after this brief profit timeout. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at max speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to shipstation.com slash radio now. Shipping nirvana starts here. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Wen Tu.
1: Welcome back to Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble. My name is Wen Tu and I'm joined by Cindy Crumb from Mobile Moxie. So, Cindy, we talked about marketers being sort of caught between the future of data collection and really running their business off of that, but also the operational headache of figuring out how to get mobile products that are up to speed. One of the big things out there right now is this concept about deep linking. Can you tell us a little bit more about what this concept is and what it means to marketers out there?
2: Absolutely. So deep linking is super interesting and exciting for for lots of mobile marketers. Um, It's this concept where we can drive uh, people from a web experience directly into a specific location within an app, which that's been something that hasn't been uh, possible before. So this opens up a lot of potential for marketers who have... um, well, for marketers in all different situations, really, I've talked to some marketers who are excited about deep linking because they don't have a mobile site, which is not what I would advise, but it is a good workaround. If they have an app and no mobile site, at least now they can do social media and link from social media into their app. And so it um, should uh, help drive downloads for apps and drive awareness um for apps, which is good, and I think what it shows is kind of what we talked about in the last segment that consumers are not wrapped up in whether or not they're on a web experience or an app experience. Often, they don't know the difference, or they don't really perceive them to be different, and that's great if you can pull it off. But it's it's sometimes tricky to pull it off to make people feel just as comfortable on an app as they are on the web, or vice versa. Um, so deep linking. Though, even makes it more of a blurry line where it's hard to know, or it's it's harder to know um, for a consumer when they're in an app or when they're on the web. But that's it's potentially really great. I use the word potentially a lot, I guess.
1: <laughs> so it sounds like deep linking is you know you know part of the pun, the missing link in which this whole entire conversation between uh, mobile web, responsive, native sort of goes out the window if you can connect them all together with this deep linking concept.
2: Yeah, but there is a little bit of strife in the air also, because Google has come out and said that they're going to index deep links on Android, Um, but it seems like they haven't made any kind of proclamations about indexing deep links for iOS. Yeah. And so now, of course, Apple has come out with their new um spotlight search, which is going to index yeah. uh app links and uh that is interesting and almost maybe terrifying if like just because Apple's search algorithm in the app store isn't that sophisticated, so them trying to take on google um seems in terms of search anyway seems um ill-fated, maybe? I don't know. Uh, What do you think? I
1: think it's such an interesting time in which uh, Google and Apple have been each other's sworn enemies um, for so long, and it just continues. And it's unfortunate as um, marketers and as developers just really want to create cool um, mobile experience for their users that they have to um, navigate this active uh, resistance to any type of standardization, which I think Apple and Google are going to do what they're going to do, but I think this requires a lot of marketers and developers to be much more savvy about their technology strategy, knowing that the the current landscape will always um, be at odds with each other.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and... Hearing, hearing the situation and, and hearing people talk, what I think is that, I think that Google eventually will try, um, if they can, they'll try and, and work out a deal with Apple or, or figure out how they can index the iPhone app links as well, mm-hmm. um, just because it, it seemed like such an un-Google thing, such a walled garden, right? Um, yeah. And maybe, you know, who, who knows who's to blame, um, but the walled gardens never last long.
1: Yeah, I think this is where um, third-party platforms that are able to really negotiate between the differences between Spotlight and Google's um, indexing is are going to be much, much more valuable to marketers and to developers who are just doing a lot of one-off mobile products. Um, I think this is where there's room for third-party platforms that really um, normalize the the noise that you hear between all the different platforms onto a singular platform. Um, Rumble is one of them, but I'm sure um, the market is big and wide because as these two titans sort of continue to move on, um, having a third-party platform that really figures out how to um, normalize the noise and really it doesn't matter what the outcome is, um, that marketers and developers sort of have the best tools in front of them.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a necessary layer in the marketing process, I think, if especially for companies that don't have great um, sysadmins or don't have great knowledge of how their server works and, and um, being able to set those, those rules up on their own, using a third party to do that kind of arbitration and say, this request came from this type of phone, so we need to get it to here versus there versus there, yeah. I, I think it's going to solve a lot of problems for a lot of marketers um, that are, that are going to be struggling if they're not already.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for joining us on Mobile Power and Profit. It was great having you. Thanks so much. And for those listening to us, just a reminder to check out Facebook, our Facebook page, and answer the poll at www.facebook.com backslash mobilepowerandprofit. You can download this program on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, as well as the Webmaster Radio mobile app. Available in the iTunes App Store and Google Play. Thank you for joining us um, in this segment of Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble. And please join us again next week.